Welcome to It's Karmic. I'm your host, Mika Bradford. This is a sacred space to connect with karma and past lives through astrology, energy work, and intuition. Welcome to the It's Karmic podcast with me, Vika Bradford. I have someone very, very inspiring that I have been kind of following and obsessed with for, I don't know, years now. Uh, Megan Sylvester has joined me today and we're going to be talking about karma, empowerment, and I don't even know where else the wind is going to blow us today. So Megan, welcome. Thank you, my love. I'm so, so happy to be here. And it's been just so exciting um, to rise beside you for these past couple of years. And, you know, we've been in each other's orbits and serving and supporting each other. And so I'm just so, so very happy to be here. So thank you. So like, it's just, it's my honor to have you. (laughs) Um, okay. First off for anyone who doesn't know you, please introduce yourself. What is it that you do in this big, beautiful world? Oh man, you know, it's so hard to like box in what I do, what you do, what we all do into like one little title. Like thanks a lot, Instagram bios for, (laughs) for putting that pressure on us. Um, but yeah, I am, I'm a mom of three. Um, I am a spiritual mentor. I'm all about empowering others to really embody their full creative expression and to move through oppressive systems and structures around what we're supposed to look like or what we're supposed to be doing or how we're supposed to act or the job we're supposed to have in order to be deemed successful and worthy. Um, You know, I went through a lot of health challenges when I was working corporate and um, it's because I, I wasn't being true to myself. I was being true to honestly, my dad's vision you know, that he had for me, which is, you know, my dad is, I, I love him dearly, but, you know, as representative of the patriarchy, because that's just how it is. And anyway, so I went on this grand quest, this vision to, to heal myself and my, you know, my body um, was the first messenger that was saying, please help me. And, and so through my healing journey, I've inspired, inspired others to, um, you know, really, really take their lives and into, into their control and, and to dance with the divine. And now today I lead retreats and trainings all over the world. Um, it's been so exciting, you know, experiencing my, all of my events, like selling out sometimes within minutes, you know, and it just shows me that I am totally aligned and, and on the right path. And, um, I'm a sound healer, a mentor, an author, um, uh, and I, I just do whatever is being called of me, you know? So if you follow me, you'll see that it, it changes <laughs> and evolves and shifts and grows um, just, like, just like I do and just like you do and just like we all do. So did that, did that, did that work? Is that, is that, <laughs> that what I do? Totally <laughs> sums it up. And I actually love what you said at the end there of how like it changes and it grows because I love watching you in the sphere of 
your growth and your processing because you do it with such grace. Um, like I remember when I started following you, I'm pretty sure I started following you because you were teaching people how to host retreats. Uh, I think that was like what led me to you. And I was like, fascinating. I need to learn more of this. Um, and then the growth process you've been through is just wild. Uh, and it is so empowering because through your process, you're showing your people that like we are in a constant state of flow mm -hmm. and change and shifts. Um, and like, that's okay. And yeah. we can do it with grace. We can do it with grace and we can do it out loud. Yeah. And, and we can do it without like apologizing or explaining or, you know, saying like, okay guys, well, you know, I was talking about this and now I hope, I hope you're okay with me now talking about mm. this, you know, like, no, don't apologize for growing my mm. God, you just know, own like, it. just do it, just own it, just be it. Yes. And I, I do love watching that with you. Uh, and another thing you said there that really resonates for almost everyone I've talked to on the podcast so far and everyone in my sphere is like, it starts with the body being this messenger of like, mm -hmm. something's not okay. Help mm -hmm. me. Um, and that seems to be the unfolding of our spiritual journeys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, recently, so the, the, the story that I talked about, you know, when I was introducing myself, that was over a decade ago. And just recently, um, at the end of 2021, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. And this was after a year of being in deep grief, you know, cause my dad, my dad passed away in January of, um, 2021. Um, and my dog just six months before that. And, and so, you know, I was in deep grief. I was deep down, like in the murky waters of, of, of the ocean. And I truly believe that my diagnosis of Lyme disease, that Lyme disease came in as a teacher for me to help me really start to prioritize my body. Once again, my body and, and to reignite this relationship, um, with movement, with fire, you know, this element of fire of, of moving and sweating and breath of fire and creativity and passion and deep intimacy. Um, and, and I, I really believe that Lyme disease was here as a teacher for me. And for the past several months, you know, I decided to start, um, a really beautiful healing protocol full of fruits and vegetables and mindful movement. And I feel better than I have in years, you know, and, um, for me and for many people, the, our evolution and our awakening, be it your initial, uh, initial, excuse me, awakening, or, you know, we're always waking up to, to higher or deeper levels. Um, for me, it usually always is catalyzed with something with the body. It's the same for me. So I love that. And I know people listening have the same resonance of like, something's wrong on the physical and that leads us to the spiritual. So I'm in full agreement of that like these diagnosis or lack thereof. Sometimes for me, there was mm -hmm. no diagnosis mm -hmm. of like, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Me being like, mm -hmm. no, I'm really not. Yeah. Um, and then the, the witnessing of like, my body's telling me something is wrong, but it is a teacher. Right. Um, I always say with what I've been through my whole journey through being literally intolerant to almost everything at one point. Uh, and people are like, wow, like, they say things like I'd kill myself if I couldn't eat what you can't eat. And I'm mm -hmm. like, wow, a, what a statement and mm -hmm. B 
I'm so thankful for what my body taught me and Mm -hmm. showed me because it led me to this place where I don't put poison in my body. I don't put chemicals in my body. I don't, Mm -hmm. um, I am very conscious about like the consumption or what I put on my body because my body said, I'm not okay. I need help. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, these teachable things that happen within Mm -hmm. the physical space that take us to higher spiritual levels. Mm -hmm. And, and I always like a good visual, good, good iconography, um, to, to kind of help me ground in. And so I like to think of our being as a triangle and at each corner of the triangle, we have mind, we have body, we have soul. And when you think of the, the arms that are connecting each corner as like little pipes, and when one of those connections gets clogged up the, the free flow and the full expression of our being on every level is, is gunked up. And so when we're able to free up the flow and one of those arms of the triangle, then again, we come into this flow state. And so that helps me to kind of sit down and assess, all right, where, where am I at? Where are the pipes clogged? You know, and, and it, it really, it is very helpful. Um, yeah. And something, something I found funny or interesting when what you just said is, um, you know, people saying, gosh, I would kill myself if I couldn't eat what, what you eat, what, what you're not able to eat. And now you, with the way that you're eating, you're literally like not killing yourself. Whereas other people are slowly poisoning themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, when they're eating, eating all of this stuff. So it's like, that is such an interesting point of (laughs) Uh maybe unconscious um, Uh Uh thought, because I'm, I feel like I'm truly thriving and living. um, And I was killing myself in the way I was eating before. So that is a fascinating connection. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My goodness. Okay. So leading to the body and this conversation, what like prompted me to have you on, and you know, this is you went on your stories and started talking about your birthmark Mm -hmm. and you started talking about the connection that you discovered within past lives with your birthmark. And my brain just exploded. And I got so Mm -hmm. excited because the things you said were so liberating and, uh, changing, within the mindset of our our birthmarks. Cause I have friends who have, I have one that has a beautiful birthmark on her leg. That looks like it kind of like, it's a big freckle, but it's like very, Mm -hmm. very big. And she's, she used to be so ashamed of it when we Mm -hmm. were younger. Um, she's now owned it, but like, I remember just being like, it's beautiful. Like just own Mm -hmm. it. Um, Mm -hmm. but for, for someone who has something that's not necessarily deemed normal by society, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, there can be so much shame, especially growing up. So Mm -hmm. let's dive into your birthmark. Mm, Yay. Yes. I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, and you know, it's, it really is true that our message is in our mess. Um, because my birthmark is one of, one of the main things that has empowered me to be, um, you know, a passionate advocate for body acceptance and, and just having compassion for others, you know, and, and embracing our differences. So I was born with an extra, um, clump of blood vessels on my top lip, um, which is known as a hemangioma. Um, you may see some people with these like on their face or other parts of their body. And it's like a really dark red, sometimes even purple mark, um, on the body. For me, it's bluish purple because it's on my lip. 
and I was born with it. And doctors told my parents that it would, um, it would most likely shrink, um, but it didn't. And in fact, it like kept getting bigger. And um, of course I was teased a lot in school and um, you know, I had people constantly coming up to me like, what happened to your lip or that must suck or it looks like you have a leech on your lip, you know? And just like, and, and this wasn't just when I was a child, this is into adulthood, you know? Um, or I, you know, at one point when I was in sixth or seventh grade, I tried out for um, cheerleader and like, didn't get it. And someone told me, um, you know, well, if it wasn't for that thing on your lip, you'd, you'd probably have been a cheerleader. And of course that like, that stung, you know, as, as someone who's like trying to find themselves in middle school, um, I, I started to blame myself, you know, and this like thing on my lip that I hated, I hated it so much because it made me different. And of course I didn't know then, but I know now like our culture is obsessed with this standard ideal, like quote unquote ideal, like beauty image. And if you at all deviate from the norm, then it is something that you must fix at all costs, be it extra lumps, extra curves, not enough curves, not not the, the right shape teeth or the right color teeth or the, the right length eyelashes or the right color hair. I mean, it's just everywhere and it's a billion dollar industry. And so of course, like I was sucked into it. You know, I didn't, I didn't know any better. And in middle school and, and as a child, like you want to fit in, you do not want to stand out, you know, and I, I do, I hope that's changing. You know, I hope I'm raising children who say, I don't care about fitting in or not fitting in. I just want to be myself anyway. So I, um, had several surgeries on this birthmark. I got it lasered. Um, I got it cut on. I, um, you know, you name it, I did it and it would not go away. It wouldn't go away. Um, it was like, you know, when you step on an ant hill and it, it just kind of collects and comes right back. That's what happened. And the doctors were just like, sorry, you know, like, so I would go through this traumatic procedure. The healing was awful and painful. And then it was kind of just like all for nothing. So this Mark definitely wanted to be here. And, um, and so, and I will say that some of the procedures made it a little smaller. So if you see, if you see me now, it's, it's much more tame, um, than it was when I was a kid and in college even. Um, and so in my thirties, in my early thirties, I, um, had my first ever ayahuasca ceremony and I went into the ceremony and my intention, I had like a gazillion intentions. It was like, I want to know my purpose and I want clarity and, and I want to know how I can make all this money. And then, you know, like all these intentions. Um, and my whole ceremony was about my birthmark. And I was like, what the shit? Like, you know, <laughs> like I, I wanted to know the title of my first book, you know, <laughs> and, but here we were traveling to my birthmark and in, in that ceremony, um, the, the plant, the ayahuasca, you, you know, I learned, she told me, and I learned that I, I asked for this, I asked for this birthmark. 
Um, and now I'm going to weave in several. So I had this ayahuasca ceremony. I had readings with intuitives and through my own research. So I'm going to clump all of this into one, one epiphany. So I asked for this birthmark because it was remnants of one of my most powerful past lives where I was a healer in Africa and I didn't really speak much, but I healed through um, working with the, with the earth through, you know, tinctures and medicines, but also the life force energy that radiates around us and healing people and really bringing people into their optimal expression. And, and again, very humble and, and not a woman of many words. And so as a, a mark of honor in this past life, I wore a disc in my top lip, which stretched my lip out. And um, I asked for every life there on out to, to carry that, that badge of honor with me. So, sorry, I'm going to cry. So that when I look in the mirror, that I always remember, that I always remember my power. And I remember like, this is, this is who I am, you know, someone here to wake up others to their own power, you know, to, to help them heal, to help them move past, you know, structures and, and limitations and oppressive thinking and to, to get them in, into their fullest expression. And I tried to rip this part out of me for 30 years, you know, and, and so it was with this realization that I, I was just like, oh my God, wow. Like I love, I love this part of myself now. And how could I have ever wanted it to be gone? Like this, this is who I am. This is a part of me. And the more and more I started sharing about this, I would get comments from kids, from, from adults now, friends who I went to elementary school with and, and beyond. And, you know, they were like, I was always jealous of your birthmark. It made you look like a movie star. I always thought, thought it was so cool and it made you so unique and different. And, you know, all these people just coming out of the woodwork saying, oh my God, no, I loved it. And so what that tells me is that I only remembered the couple of, of mean people, the, the wounded people who came at me, but that was only a few people, but that's what stuck with me. Meanwhile, there were so many other people, but you know what I think? I don't think anyone ever had the courage to actually tell me that they loved it, you know, maybe because they didn't know that if I would receive it or that it was weird to like it. And so they kept their thoughts to themselves, um, which is again, all part of this, you know, oppressive culture to make us feel shame and guilt around um, how we're different. But then I started researching, um, uh, the spiritual significance of birthmarks and my mind was blown. And so spiritual significance of birthmarks on the top lip specifically. And like the more and more I got into it, I was just like, what? Because a birthmark on the top lip is indicative of someone who came here with a big message to share. Someone who is charismatic, who is usually a speaker, a messenger, someone who others are drawn to. And, you know, I've got that Leo rising in my chart. So it's, um, you know, without, without sounding arrogant, those things are true about me, <laughs> you know, own it. Um, own it. <laughs> yes, I'm going to own it. Okay. I'm going to own it. And, um, so it's just all of these pieces of the puzzle 
coming together and and another interesting facet is that for a while before I even started my mentorship business, I started a blog and it was called The Friendly Badass. And I talked about like health tips and beauty tips because I was so into makeup and like contouring and all the makeup, but it all started with this obsession with lipstick Hmm. um, because I was trying to cover my birthmark. And then, you know, just, that was like the gateway drug. (laughs) And, um, and now I like now I hardly wear makeup and, and this is not a judgment against people who wear makeup, like own it, wear it. It's fine. Like I wear it, you know, makeup when I go out, but it's just interesting now that I'm free to not, you know, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have to, whereas I used to like leave the house with a full face of makeup. And also what's interesting is right around the time that I had this realization of my birthmark. So I used to suffer from really severe cystic acne, like very painful. And no matter what I would do, it wouldn't, nothing, nothing would, would heal it. And, um, right around this time that I had the realization of my birthmark, my acne started like subsiding and the right resources. And, you know, even the, even like magnetizing the right face wash for my skin all started coming in around that same time. And when I, when I researched acne, it was like, um, um, you know, being inflamed over the past and not being able to let go of the past and, um, and subconsciously it was, you know, being inflamed over the fact that I was carrying this, this badge of honor on my lip. And then I had to flip the script and learn to appreciate it. And then the inflammation went down and was soothed, you know? And I mean, there's a lot more that went into healing the acne, but that was definitely a big part of it. So, um, yeah. So now like I, I talk to parents who have children with hemangiomas and, you know, kind of like, work with them on, on, you know, how they can really support their child and to make their child know that like, this is actually a really cool thing. Um, and of course that goes beyond hemangiomas and all birthmarks, like birthmarks can be, you know, remnants of past lives and, and actually like how we left a past life, if we were killed or if we died a certain way, but they can also be remnants of our strength and our gifts. And someone left a comment on one of the posts that I did. And they were like, it's kind of like a, the term in like gaming and Easter egg where like something is dropped into the game and it's like this prize. I'm not, I'm not too familiar with gaming. So probably messing this up, but they were like, your birthmark is like an Easter egg in this lifetime. Like it's like part of that matrix. And you had to, you had to find it to really realize like, Oh, this is who I am. These, this is my magic. These are my powers. So yeah, it is just really fascinating. If you have a birthmark, congratulations. I'm so excited for you because now you get, to, it's like a puzzle, it's like a clue into like your power and your, you know, just everything that you're here to do and how you're here to serve. So um, I'm, I'm really excited for anybody listening who's going to go out on the path and start researching their birthmark because it's, it's, it's really life-changing. It really is. Oh my goodness. I am like obsessed with this because not only is everything you're saying so liberating for so many people on the level of like just this 3D world being in this physical space where yes, we're expected to look a certain way, act a certain way, function a certain way. um, And we all have our like body shames, right? That wouldn't it be so nice if we didn't. Uh, So there's such a liberation piece here. 
And I love that you like brought that medicine in with you almost as a deep discomfort that had to be uncovered in order for you to help liberate people through what I would say, like your Leo rising, Mm -hmm. um, right. The confidence, the empowerment, the fearlessness, the courage, and even just like the courage it would take to choose to bring something in you knew was going to be like a hardship for a part of your life. Mm -hmm. That's big. And mm-hmm. then there's this layer too, where I've, I've always been obsessed with um, the ideas of birthmarks and past lives, because I only have two and they aren't very um, noticeable. Mm-hmm. One is on my, this eye, my right eye, because I came out weird and my <laughs> eye actually like scraped against my mom's pubic bone mm-hmm. um, while I was being released. And so I came out with this like uh, really intense, it's lightened, but intense vein, a blue vein that like goes across this eye. Uh, And Mm. I used to have a lot of shame around it where I would just be like, like this blue vein is just so prominent on my eye. Mm -hmm. No one really noticed it, but me. Um, And I always wondered, right? Like, and I still always kind of go into that space being like, okay, like what is the right eye? Like, did I get shot Mm -hmm. in the eye? Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's another part on my hip that just doesn't tan. It's like this huge area. So interesting. Yeah, it's about the size of my palm. And mm-hmm. no matter what, it just doesn't tan. So like the rest of my hip will go and I go like Mexican wow. in the summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But this one like big spot, the size of my hand just stays my like my whitest that I am. Um, and I've always wondered about it, but I never really made a connection to you were talking there of just being like, why my hip? What is this? Because that's mm-hmm. clearly a birthmark too. And mm-hmm. I used to just think, I don't know what's wrong with my skin there, but now I'm like, no, that's a birthmark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And in Chinese medicine, like our hips hold on to fear mm-hmm. and there's a loss of like melanin, like, Hmm, that would be really interesting yeah. to explore. Mm-hmm. I need to dive into this. Like, is mm-hmm. there, there's something here. And I know, um, just from regressions and uh, the connection when I was younger, there is, I have a few lives where I was um, indigenous. I don't know where Um, I believe somewhere in North America where I was a medicine woman. I I know this. So like, is that linked to this, that like Mm -hmm. loss of melanin? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I, I have to dive into this because now I'm just, my interest is peaked. Yeah. And what's fun too, is I think there's a lot of, you know, for people who do explore past lives and who have thought about birthmarks before a lot of the messaging is that it's around something like traumatic you know but but what if we can also think of like maybe this is like with the example of my lip maybe this is the remnants of something really powerful and a gift you know um which like makes it extra fun yeah and when you're thinking about like shamanism and, um, and healers, you know, many of us that are healers now were healers through many, many lives. We're shamans, we're medicine men, medicine women, et cetera, et cetera. And there is in indigenous cultures, this, like the art form that comes on the body, right? Tattoos. There are so many Mm -hmm. cultures where the, the shamans, the medicine men, the higher, maybe the chiefs, et cetera, et cetera, are covered in tattoos head to toe. Mm -hmm. Right. And those Mm -hmm. tattoos are symbolic. They're honoring like some cultures. I know the more tattoos you have, the more, um, in reverence you are in the society, Mm -hmm. um, the piercings, the, 
the adornments or Mm -hmm. levels of like your spiritual consciousness or how high you've risen in your perception of time space, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's an interesting thought is to think are our birthmarks, not necessarily like how we left the world. Mm -hmm. Are they maybe where we adorned our sacred? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Adorned our sacred magic. Please use that everywhere. That is really cool. Yeah. Which I think it is. It could be because this is interesting too, because, um, all my tattoos are very significant, Mm -hmm. but there was a time and space in my life where some psychic shit was happening. And guys, I'll tell you about that another day. Um, (laughs) but, uh, I actually put a tattoo on my arm. It's a Hamsa, um, intentionally for protection and good luck. So the way I actually did this tattoo was I chose the colors intentionally for a specific purpose, um, the blue and the red and the black. And I chose the way that it's actually angled on my body. So that it look when you would be looking at me, you would see it as it's actually protecting me from any negative energy you might be throwing at me. And then the way I look at it is I'm receiving fortune and good luck. So this whole tattoo mm. was put on me Um, and I didn't realize what I was doing at the time, but I kind of did. I was like, I'm putting on it for protection. Good luck. I put it on technically as like a sigil and I didn't Mm. realize I was doing it. And I have not had a psychic attack since putting this tattoo on Mm -hmm. my body in 2014. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that started to stir something up in me where I was like, can we activate magic by doing something to our bodies or, you know, tattooing, piercing acupuncture mark or center, sorry. Um, is there something we can do by activating through art, through like actually mm, physically mm-hmm. like inking something into our body? So mm-hmm. the snake on my arm is actually me turning on my Pluto energy. Oh my gosh. We both have snakes. On our I love it. <laughs> so I wonder if when uh-huh. we do these things, even unconsciously, because I actually have a tattoo on my hip too, that before I knew my, my uh, moon sign, mm-hmm. it is a Leo. Mm-hmm. I have a Leo moon on the head. A, a woman is wearing it. So a Virgo is wearing the head. of. Wow. A cool. So a woman, my son wearing the subconscious, my moon. Wow. Wow. So yeah. like, are we unconsciously activating things when we do these things? Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, I feel like it, I, but, but of course I feel like with the more intention that we imbue into something, the more powerful it becomes. Um, I also think that your highest self knows something and is guiding <laughs> you, you know, especially when you're like intuitive and Um, but you know, something that I think is really cool about tattoos for me and my husband, and we both say like, every time we get a new tattoo, we feel even more and more like ourselves, you know, like we're like stepping fully into that version, you know? And, um, do I think you have to have a tattoo to be fully expressed? Absolutely not. No, No, but like, this is like who, who I am. And it just like, yeah, these markings, like what you were saying about shamanic and indigenous cultures and the markings like that really, really resonates with me, you know, and all of my tattoos are also very intentional. And some of them are intentional because I really like it. You know, like it's, it's like, I just really like this shape and I feel like it has to be right here in this place. And that is one thing that I'm really interested in because I'll get an idea of a tattoo and it's like, I immediately know it has to be 
in this place? hundred percent. Absolutely. And so it's like, what is that? Why is my mind saying it needs to be right here? Cause like, yeah. what does that mean? Um, yeah. so now I'm really interested. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing. Okay. So my snake tattoo, um, my, I think second to last past life, uh, I was someone very famous to the world. And I've talked about this a little bit before, but so I got this tattoo on my arm The the whole download came in through actually a really intense dream of, I was laying in a shaman's lap and I was, he was, um, he was singing over me and there was these snakes, these rattlesnakes swimming up my belly, up and down my Mm -hmm. belly. And he was like, it was like this massive activation, the most intense dream I think I've ever had. So I woke up and I knew I needed to put this on my right arm. Not two, three weeks later, do I discover a picture of my past life self that I've never seen before where he has a serpent on the exact same part of his arm, Wow! which in 19... I don't know, 15, 16, 19, 10, that's not normal, right? Right. That's not normal. Yeah. Not normal. And he's a Royal and everything. So I discover that he has the exact same tattoo on his arm. And I was just sitting there like, holy shit. And I was having a major, (laughs) right. A major karmic activation in my chart was happening too. Um, with like, just like all the points in my chart were being hit. Um, and I just sat there being like, there's no coincidence that I have like turned something on here that had to be reactivated. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, it's like, everything is connected. Everything is connected. Yeah. And the more and more, you know, to bring it back to the birthmark, the more we can start seeing our unique essence and our differences as messengers, you know, here to remind us of our superpowers, like the more and more we take our power back, you know, yeah. from this like oppressive culture that, that is, is now it's a, it's a thing of its own, you know, mm-hmm. like we as women are even perpetuating the patriarchy because oh, we're ingrained 100%. in it, you know, 100%. And yeah. And the more and more that, that we start to notice and say, wait a second, like, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to own it and I'm going to be fully me and I'm going to celebrate it. And I'm going to celebrate it in others too. Yeah. Like this is, this is how we change the world. This is how we take our power back. And, and this is how we heal the world. Um, and it, like, what if it just starts with people loving their birthmarks, mm-hmm. you know, like so, so simple yet. So, mm-hmm. um, deep, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. deep. Okay. So Mike, I have a question about your birthmark too. Have you looked into, um, the significance of the cultures that put the discs in their lips. So they know there's a few different ones that do that. Um, no, okay. and I should. Uh, and it's funny because I've always seen, I've seen it in the bottom lip, like Me pictures, too. but I've yeah. never seen one in the top lip. And I don't know why I've never thought to like hmm. research like disc in the top lip. Yeah. Because I do wonder if it's, um, is it a level of honoring? Like, do you get that when, in a certain culture, you re- receive something or you've hit like where they're just like, okay, you are the medicine woman. And like, this yeah. is why I would be interested to see what you Well, find. now I know what I'm going to do the rest of this <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Deep dive into, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and the funny thing is too, like there's so many cultures that are, I would assume are undiscovered, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that we yeah. don't know anything about. They're just hiding mm-hmm. out and mm-hmm. 
we don't know anything. They don't want to be found. Yeah. Yeah. Or would it be, and there's also like the idea of cultures that are gone. Maybe you, Mm -hmm. you don't find the information because that culture isn't, isn't around anymore. Like we don't really know what the Mayans were doing with their adornment levels. We don't really know about so many cultures. You could have had this memory from like Atlantean times or anything. Right. So, but Mm -hmm. maybe you'll find something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe I will. I do remember in the in the vision that I had, it was two women. I was with them, and I, I couldn't see me because I it was from you know first person perspective. And um, I looked over, and it was two African women with bald heads, and they were in blue robes, and they kept pointing like very urgently at the sky, and they were like, "This is where you're from. This is where you're from." Um, and so, yeah, with that vision and the um the top disc lift and the lip I feel like maybe I can start being a detective and mm, so interested yeah so I'm I'm, I'm excited next <laughs> phase next phase of the research yeah oh my god I've gotten chills so many times on this call so far <laughs> it's just like <laughs> chills chills <laughs> oh my gosh okay oh So tell me people how they can find you, how they can work with you, because you have so many beautiful offerings and, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, your retreats and everything. Tell them all the things they need to know. Yes. Well, I am, I mean, I'm so incredibly passionate about retreats and immersive experiences. So follow me on Instagram at Megan Sylvester. Um, You can also check my website, megsylvester.com. And, um, my retreats have been selling out sometimes within minutes, sometimes within a week. So like, be sure to, um, to follow me. So you get updates and join the wait list. Also, I'm incredibly excited for, um, this. So this is actually the first time that I'm going to announce it on your podcast. I've teased it a little bit on my, on my Instagram, but in August, um, and for those of you who are listening in real time, so it's August of 2022, I will be hosting the first Miracle Way training and certification program. So this is a, um, a training program for transformational leaders for the new age. And so it's all about authentic leadership and um, equipping participants with a map and a compass of how to lead others through transformational experiences, be it mentorship, be it retreats and workshops, moon circles, um, or through your platform, through storytelling, through podcasts, but really how to merge into full alignment with your unique leadership archetype. And this isn't me like giving people Megan's method for then you to go and copycat and carry out. So during this training, Um, you will be, you will leave the training as a certified miracle way guide and facilitator. But again, you're being equipped with a map and with a compass to then infuse your gifts. And this training is so unique because it's not just lecturing and workshops. We're actually going to be going through deep somatic transformational experiences ourselves. So holotropic breath work, shamanic experiences, and then after those experiences, you'll be dropped into on your own in a facilitated and held way to really reach that deep, rich wisdom down, down, down within you to then create your offerings um, or enhance your offerings. And we'll also be using the written word as a master healer. Um, so really, really tapping into your creative power 
um, so that you leave feeling very clear, very confident on how to lead others through transformation. Um, and then also I'm, I'm very passionate about creating community and, you know, and, and helping others to create this beautiful golden web that we leave, that we weave of light workers. So, um, really about also creating that community. Um, and so this first round of, of this training will be August 2nd through 7th in San Jose, Costa Rica. Um, I will be opening enrollment very soon. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited. There's only 24 spots. I'm keeping it very intimate. Um, so yeah. So good. And I'm seeing like your big three come out so much there. Like I'm seeing <laughs> your Leo rising, your Aquarius moon in the community and like uh-huh. the, the like new age, like the new age paradigm shift. And then mm-hmm. like your Gemini is just like all the beautiful things Yay. brought together. Oh my gosh, this sounds amazing and so needed. Um, I think you. that we really need this kind of work. Um, it literally, as you describe it, I'm, I'm it's like a plant medicine, like experience mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. a plant medicine. That's yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay. So guys just go find her just, mm-hmm. I like, I don't know how many years we've been following each other. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, and just, there's just so much nuggets of gold. Every time you post, every time you talk, every time you share your journey, um, so everyone is listening really, I'm sure at this point, you've already gone on Instagram and followed her based on the conversation, um, but it's been such an honor to have you here. Thank you for Thank sharing you your story. Mm, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. It's my honor to share. Yeah. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Um, and I will link everything you need in the show notes to find Megan. Thank you. Bye. And remember, if you'd like to join me for the Abundance Codes, we begin April 1st and we are diving so deep into where are you feeling unaligned in calling in abundance into your life? What does abundance truly mean to you? And how can you begin to break vows of poverty? Look at your own cosmic coding and understand where you naturally receive, where you naturally take action, and how you can become in a state of greater alignment to call in all of your desires, all of the good, all of the wonderful things this life on earth has to offer. Check out the show notes to join me.